2: Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast and today I'm joined by a Northampton Town fan who is four games away from completing the League Two grounds. I'm with Stu Lucas. Stu, how are you doing today?
3: I'm really well, thanks Billy. Yeah, very good indeed. Good to uh, meet up with you and have a chat.
2: Yeah, yeah. As, as we were saying just before, you've done 105 grounds. Does that, does that just include England or have you gone to watch
3: yeah. Um, no, so I've ventured into Europe. I've seen I've seen the cobblers at um, Newport, Swansea, and Cardiff, but also uh, a few um, uh, pre-season tours to Spain and Germany um, over the years as well. So uh, yeah, it's, um, it's it's a bit of a labour of love, obviously, but I um, enjoyed following the team and also the social side of it as well, really. But um, yeah, 105 it's 105 grounds, non-league, league, abroad, um, friendlies plenty of FA Cup games against lower league teams as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, been all over the place, I'm afraid. Well, um, I'm hoping that you do
2: make these next four League Two grounds this season, hoping that the COVID rules permit that. But today, Thank you. we're going to be talking about Peter Chioso, who, of course, yeah, the second half of last season with the Cobblers. And quite an interesting one, because we signed him from Hartlepool, from the non-league, yeah. and he started the season by putting in an unbelievable performance for us against Manchester United. And we thought right. this player could be quite some sign and he could be part of our squad already for this season. Yeah. But then he spent the early part of the season at Bolton. Yeah. Impressed there from what I've heard. And then Definitely. in January, he joined the Cobblers. So what were your mm. initial thoughts with
3: that signing? Yeah. Um, when he first signed, I was I was really quite excited about it. Um, it was somebody I actually knew of um, through the non-league scene locally um, before he uh, before he went up to Hartlepool, and um, um, I'd heard you know good things about him. And certainly the um, uh, the reports coming out at Bolton were that he'd had a you know a really really good first half to the season. Um, so when uh, when he joined us, um, a lot of the uh, kind of social media and the the um, Barton fans were commenting on how disappointed they were that uh, that he'd been recalled um, and actually sent to you know sent to the cobbler. So for me it was it was a really positive move. Um, plus the fact that our defence in the first half of last season was so bad it was untrue that um, really you know he had to be. A good addition into the squad at that point. So yeah, for me, it was it was all good when he uh, when he first joined us. Yeah, because
2: you did mention to me before this that the, the back five at one point of, of this season, I think it was, was comprised of five ex Luton players.
3: <laughs> yeah, indeed, we did have We had, we had I think, it might, might have just been for one game, but we literally had um, Jonathan Mitchell in goal, who um, was on loan at Hat as I believe, uh, Peter Kioso, <clears throat> um, Lloyd Jones. Um, who was on loan to us last season. Um, he rejoined us in January at the same time as Kioso, um, Alan Sheehan and Michael Harriman. So um, yeah, it was um it was an ex-hatters back five at, at one point. And um yeah, I can't imagine that's I uh, can't imagine that's probably happened uh, many other teams at many other places, really. No, not at all. I mean
2: I think from a Luton perspective, uh, we've seen a lot of players go to Stevenage, but I don't think even Stevenage yeah. match that. But um, in terms of Kioso, um mm. see these days that modern day right back needs to be as good going forward as he is defending. Yeah. From yeah. both the defensive and the an attacking perspective, what can Luton fans expect next year if he's in our colours?
3: Yeah, I think um, you, you've absolutely nailed it there in terms of what you said with uh, with a modern day fullback. And I think that for me, going forward, Kiyoso looks really, really good. He He's an athlete, he's quick, um, strong, good in the air. Um, and that was one of the things that he really brought to us was, was, was an extra attacking option. Um, plus the fact that um, from set pieces, he, he'd get in the box. I mean, he actually scored three goals from set pieces for us last season. Um, so I think that he, um, you know, in that respect, I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, defensively is possibly the question mark for me. Um, I think that he, you know, he's got the attributes of a fullback, um, and it's always difficult to assess because when you're playing in a team as poor as we really were last season, um, he he did a good job. He did a good job, but I'm but there's still that little bit of a question mark for me defensively whether whether he's going to be strong enough for the championship. Um, as I said, don't get me wrong. It's no coincidence that when him and Lloyd Jones, because Lloyd Jones came back in in January for us as well, we stopped shipping goals at the rate that we that we were. Um, so you've got to say there's a correlation there between them two coming back in and Kiosa and the goals drying up. Um, but it is a you know it, it is a big big step up from from bottom of League One, League Two up into in, into the Championship. So. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential. He's not a James Justin, but then who is? Um, and I, I I think, you know, he will definitely benefit from being in and around better players in the championship if he stays in the Luton squad next season.
2: And as you were saying, you did have defensive questions about his ability, but with Luton, yeah. I think there's a big possibility next year that the Playing five at the back might become a lot more common. Yeah. So do you think that's a system yeah. where he
3: has more attacking freedom? Do you think that would be more suited? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I think definitely playing uh, if if he's playing that kind of what uh, uh, right wing back role, then if he's got three centre halves there, then 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 I think that's probably a system that will better suit him. Uh, Cobblers last year he was playing in a uh, flat back four um, for the kind of the tail end of the season. So when Keith Curl was there, um, we, at occasions, played a, a back five, but shifted more to a, to, to a back four as the season went on. And I think that's where um, he, he got potentially exposed a little bit more defensively. So I think, uh, yeah, playing a, if, 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 if Luton were going to play a five, then with him in that that wide wing-back role, that's probably going to suit him uh, more than the, than the system we played did, for sure.
2: And you sort of touched on it there, saying that Luton will probably welcome him next year and Mm. could be championship ready. But do you think that he has the ability to be a consistent championship starter? I know we've had James Bree this year that's similar in terms of he's a young, attack-minded fullback. Do you think he'll push a player like James Bree, who's been now playing championship
3: football for two seasons, yeah, I think it's I think it'd be difficult for him. I think he's, you know, to my mind, I think there's one of two options here for Nathan Jones. I think he either keeps him in in and around that championship squad next season. I don't know necessarily how much game time he would he would get, but I think he's somebody who will benefit from training with championship players, being around that kind of championship setup. Or does he loan him out to a much better League One team than he did last season? Perhaps one of the not necessarily the bigger teams, but I think uh, a, a, a team who aren't struggling as much, where he, he potentially um, learns and ups his ups his uh, game to the to the next level. So I think that's probably the choice that, that Nathan Jones has to has to make. Um, personally, I think he'd probably benefit more from you know being in and around that that championships team because I think you learn more from training with better players day in day out um, and hopefully then you know knocking on the door plus from James Bree's perspective if he's got somebody who is is pushing in now is that going to make him up his game as well so I think the, the, there's positive both ways for for that and it's quite easy to to forget that he's
2: only 21 years old I mean yeah. on YouTube videos and stuff he looks a player that's Probably yeah, gone these years already. So mm-hmm. do you think he can rightly have Premier League aspirations, even international aspirations with his Irish
3: heritage? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realise until I sort of looked at that, I didn't realise he'd, he'd got Irish heritage. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think potentially he can do. As you said, he's only 21. I think he's had a good grounding. Um, and I think the other thing as well that, that I like is that he's... You know, he's been around the, the lower leagues he's kind of learnt his trade he's, he's played non-league he's not somebody who's necessarily come through an academy system so he's probably got that hunger um to, to to go out and constantly better himself um people that that i know that have spoken to him say he's a very grounded guy very um um humble and um I, th- I think that the, there's no reason why, as you say, at 21, he's he's physically strong. Um, I don't see there's any reason why he can't be pushing on in, in in time to you know play at a higher level, internationally. Who knows? Who knows? You know, there's 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 some people are kind of those later developers, and uh, he, he could absolutely be one of those. Well,
2: yeah, definitely. It seems that we do definitely have a player on our hands, and we can mm. be excited for next year from. Yeah. The- both his loan spells so it's very Mm. good to hear and in in terms of Northampton obviously ultimately ended in relegation last year but can you see yourselves pushing up for promotion again bouncing straight back
3: um I personally and this comes from 40 years of being a Northampton fan you have to understand we're not exactly the most optimistic bunch um, I think we're going to find it difficult next year, and the reason for that is that um, it's a complete rebuilding process for us this year. Um, brand new management team come in. We welcome back Colin Calderwood as assistant manager. Um, Mark Richards, our sort of legendary striker, has come back in as a coach. Um, Graham Carr, old Northampton manager, has come back into the management team. But we've we've got to completely rebuild the team. As as I sit here talking to you at the moment, really, we've got no goalkeepers. We've got one centre-half and um, we've got an abundance of strikers uh, and midfielders. So I think this season is going to be more about rebuilding the team, rebuilding the club, focusing on the way we play football. If we're up and around the playoffs, I'll be pretty happy with that. But I think it's, it's, I'm thinking more about, the season after next has been the year that you know we, we, we'll be knocking back on the door again. Um, you never know. I mean, nobody in their wildest dreams thought we would have gone up the season before last. So you you just don't know what's possible. But um I think there's there's probably going to be stronger teams in the in the division next season. Um, Bradford, Salford, um, Carlisle, Lexter. I, I expect those sort of teams to be there or thereabouts. Um, but we'll see. Fingers crossed, okay. mate. Yeah, well, best of luck and thank you very much for joining me today. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for your time as well.
2: I'm now joined by Dean Smith of the Rochdale AFC.com podcast to talk about all things Gabriel Osho. And the first question I want to start with is that because Luton, initially, we signed him in the summer. He was dealing surplus to requirements at Reading. Then we surprisingly shipped him off to the National League and Yeovil before we joined Rochdale. So, what was your initial reaction when you did sign him?
4: Um, the initial reaction when we first signed him was was um, relief because we were really short on defenders at the time. Um, we were looking for well, we we were looking for a left back the whole January transfer window and never managed to get one. But we were desperate for another centre half option as well because we had a lot of injuries at the back. So, I think. Any, any defender in the world signing at that point would have been a relief for a lot of our supporters. Um, obviously, it's hard to know too much about him at that point as well. The Yeovil fans that I spoke to at the time seemed to be um, quite positive, but surprised that he made a step up from National League to League One so quickly. Um, and it, yeah, it, it was just a case of, well, at least we've got another body in because um, it was clear that, that the youth players that had kind of been in and around the squad weren't going to be trusted to start. So it was a case of, well, at least we've got one in. Hopefully we can get another couple, but they never, uh, never materialised, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, because with, with Yeovil as well, it was quite a surprise to us Luton fans because Osho started against Luton previous season where Reading beat us 5-0 and they looked like prime Barcelona under Pep Guardiola. So it was it was a complete shock when I when we did see that he did join the National League. And we thought that's not his level. And when he did eventually join Rochdale, we thought, yeah, that's finally a point where he can come and express himself and get more match time in a highly competitive division.
4: Yeah. And I think he was always gonna he was always gonna play when he came to Dale because because like I said with the injuries our captain, O'Connell, was out for a long time at centre-half. Jim McNulty was getting on to a point where he just wasn't to be trusted on the pitch anymore. He's he's getting towards the end of his career and he got sent off with a really silly, silly like reaction and a foul. And it was like, we were really down to the bare bones in defence. So... um Osho coming in was was definitely seen as a positive and I think like you say the fact that he, he, I think the, the fact that a championship club had signed him from another championship club made us all think well there's definitely clearly a player there um, and yeah I, I think over the course of his spell he, he showed that there was moments where people weren't completely sold on him but um, I think you could definitely see I could definitely see championship quality anyway Um as, as it progressed, and I, I remember a couple of games in particular where I thought he was the best player on the pitch, to be honest. So um it, it's a, it was a bit of a surprise um for me to see you signing so many centre arms already so excited. I just assumed that he would, if not, go into the into the starting eleven. I wouldn't expect that, but certainly to be involved in the squad, whereas now it maybe looks like he might go back out alone. And if he fancies uh dropping as far down as League Two, then I certainly will not complain. <laughs> And with Rochdale, what kind of formation did you
2: play? Because there, there seems to be a feeling this year that Luton may revert to a free at the back formation somewhere. Something that we've tried before, but it seems that we now have the defensive reinforcements, as we've signed so many, to probably use that formation more than we have this season.
4: Yeah, that that we reverted to, to three at the back once we had kind of, once the injuries had kind of started to ease a little bit, uh, we had a defender called Hayden Roberts on loan from Brighton who who started well, kind of tailed off and I think Osho overtook him whilst he was here. Um, but yeah, it, it was when we went to three at the back that he he started to stand out for me because in you know, O'Connell, our captain, he he likes to um play the ball out from the back a little bit. He's he's maybe. A, List. I, I mean, he's, I'm a big fan of him, but he's not the not the fastest, shall we say? Um, and I think what show did was he provided a bit of balance compared to those two, where he was um, more of an old school defender who likes getting in the way of things, and he was wasn't scared to put his foot through the ball and get up the field, which is something we don't do very often. So I think for supporters, it was a bit of a relief to see someone just doing the basics, uh, getting his head on things getting clearances away and blocks in. Um, but, yeah, it was a, it was a three at the back when he started to stand out and played on the left side of the three at the back um, that, that I thought was his best position. He played when he first arrived, and we, we were struggling in terms of personnel at the back for injuries and, and suspensions. He played right back in a couple of games, uh, right on the right side of a back four, and he struggled desperately in a couple of those games. Um, we played a black pool away, and he, he just it was very clear that he, he didn't really know what his role was supposed to be. Um, whereas when he's when he was part of the back three and when he knew that um, O'Connell next to him and Roberts next to him were going to try and bring the ball out. I mean, he is good at that. He can he can dribble with the ball. But in terms of ball playing, in terms of passing it, um, I think he left a little bit to be desired at times. So I think his best role was maybe just being trusted to do the basics and allow him. O'Connell to play out and Roberts to play out um, and then just occasionally making one or two of those surging runs forward, knowing that he had the cover from the other two centre-halves. So I think I think the back three definitely suited him.
2: Yeah, as you say, it, it seems that he'd done the basics right. He, he likes to get away in the way um, of the football, which is a brilliant uh, characteristic of a defender, obviously. But when he he played one game for us before he went on loan to Rochdale. In between his Yeovil spell and Rochdale, and he played brilliantly. We played Reading, and it was a cup game. But he slotted in as a back four, which is probably quite foreign to him now. But he he seemed a very capable player on the ball. He seemed wanting to take risks, but necessary risks. So from our perspective, it did seem. It does seem strange now that we're not going to try and develop him.
4: Yeah, I'm. I'm really surprised to be honest, um, because like, I, like I just said to you before we started recording, I really expected him to go and be involved with your team this season. Um, I see him as, I see him as certainly championship potential. Maybe if he's not quite there now, it, he's not going to be far off. Um, I would certainly, if I was in the championship, I would certainly be be happy with him as a, as a backup option. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm quite surprised myself. But again, if he if he, if he, if he is going to go back out alone, I'd be very surprised if it's not a top-end League One club looking at him based on his performances for us.
2: Yeah, for us as well, of course, what I've just said there, it's just speculation at the moment that he might be moving on. Um, there's apparently championship interest already. But is he a player that you could see making it all the way to the Premier League and, and establishing himself in sort of the Premier League and making a, a big future from it? Do you think that he, cause he's still 21, uh, 22 years old, sorry. So he's still got a lot of time, especially for a centre-back.
4: I think he's certainly got the raw tools to go, to go far. I think physically, you know, he's, he's strong and quick. And I think he has got that what we spoke about—that natural kind of um, inclination to just defend, to just get get in the way of things. And I think there's maybe quite a few clubs towards the bottom of the Premier League that always need players like that that are going to be willing to do the dirty work um, and willing to sit in in a low block and just do just defend. Um, so yeah, I think he has the raw tools to do that. I think what I think what would maybe hold him back at that level is that passing ability. Um, I think he at times he makes the wrong decision with the passing. Um, and again, we're a team that <laughs> to our, to our own detriment, we like to play it out a lot from the back. Um, and I think it, it, at times it, it didn't quite suit him the same way that it suited players like Roberts and O'Connell and our central midfielders. Um, but again, he, he can, he can dribble with the ball. So, you know, that that that's a separate kind of way of bringing the ball out. And he, He's hard to get off because he is so strong. Um, so, yeah, Premier League, I think, maybe will be a step too far for him. But you can certainly see a path where he develops into a player of that standard. I think I can, I'll can. i be surprised if he isn't a regular championship player within a couple of years, though.
2: Yeah, yeah. And just a, a word about Rochdale next season. Obviously, it was a season that ended in relegation to the fourth tier, which... I don't quite remember the last time you were down in down in the um, fourth tier because it seems that you've been stalwarts sort of the third tier for a very long time. So, is it a season that you expect to be challenging for promotion again, or is it as we've just heard from Northampton fans, due, a season of rebuild?
4: Um, I think I think most fans will be happy with kind of consolidation and mid-table. To be honest, um, it, yeah. It, It it, it has been a while since we've been in League Two, but obviously, I think most people see that as our kind of natural home. We were there for 40 years from the 70s through to 2009, 2010. So, it's there's Rochester fans are never a particularly expectant bunch. I think we kind of know our place, um, and I think League Two probably is that place. Obviously, having spent seven or eight years in League One, we want to get back there, um, but there's been a lot of upheaval off the field as well. Gratefully, um, there's been a lot of changes in the boardroom this summer. So I think nobody's kind of expecting everything to click back into place and us to go flying up towards the top of the table, Uh, especially when we've got, I mean, we're still waiting to hear contract news for maybe our three most important players who are out of contracts. Um, We haven't made any new signings alongside them. Um, So I think it, yeah, it kind of depends on what happens in the transfer window. I, I mean, after last season, there was a spell where we went 19 home games without a win. So I think even just like a nice mid-table season where we can get a few home wins and just just enjoy watching the team again because three or four years of just about staying up it hasn't been particularly fun. So I think everyone's just kind of hoping for a season that where we don't have to worry about getting relegated uh, and then we can start to think beyond that, um, trying to get back into League One as soon as we can.
2: It seems that the majority of fans at the moment their expectations are not really looking at the table this year. They're they're desire is just to get back into the grounds and watch their football club play which we all really want to happen it looks likely to happen but when I say that I'm still overly cautious that government guidelines might not permit that but how excited will you be when you get
4: to go back to the ground oh you're super, super excited yeah um, I actually I was lucky enough to play on the pitch a few a few weeks ago they were hiring the pitch out so just being back in the ground was an amazing feeling. And I just went and sat down in my seat and just had a minute and it was just like, God, I can't wait to be back here watching games again. Um, but there was a spell last season where we went on that 19-game uh, winless run at home where I was like, thank God, I'm not getting the train over to, uh, to Spotland in a minute. So, But, yeah, I mean, hopefully, I think with, with everything that's happened again off the field, There's certainly a little bit more of a feel-good factor around the club at the moment than there has been for the last few years, which is really encouraging. Um, And I'm hoping that that will feed back into the start of the season when fans are allowed to go back and and they'll start getting behind the team again and it'll be a nice place to go watch football again, fingers crossed.
2: Oh, well, brilliant. Thank thank you very much for that. And all the best for Rochdale next season.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me, Billy, and uh, good luck to Luton as well next season.